evening and good night. We skipped good morning. Good morning. Because it's also. afternoon. That's true. We're recording this in the afternoon. Usually we record in the morning. We do. Today but we did the afternoon. And there's a reason for that. And remind me, those of you guys who are listening, remind me. I'm going to say this word, junior, and we'll get to oh, it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, the reason we why. We, that. Yeah, that's the right. whole thing. Absolutely. Okay, so my name is John. My name's Arvin. And this is behind the scenes. Of our best days. So this is season four. We're really grateful that Absolutely. we get to be here. Absolutely. We're grateful. I'm actually grateful that you're still talking to me. I am very grateful for our friendship and the fact that I still get to partner with John in these podcasts and other things that we get to do together. Um, it's as fun as it's ever been. Yes. If the really whole, what is. if the whole podcast is me? <laughs> doing it? Yes. Okay. So one time, guys, those of you who if this is your first one, I promise you, we will get to the point. Yeah. But I was at this one student leadership conference, and there was an individual, John Maxwell, yeah. who is an incredible leadership dude. Big time. And then there was another guy who. Now, this is a conference for college-age people, yeah. and I was the MC, and so I introduced them. There was this other guy who came up who invited John Maxwell to come, and he was like, we're going to do a Q&A, nice. and he was, you could tell, the guy who was doing the Q&A with John Maxwell, it was his hero, Yeah. and so backstage, oh, no. he was like, hey, guys, th this is the temperature of the water. This is the, um, mm -hmm. uh, like, it needs to have this napkin. Now I want it to be cloth. I don't want it to be, like, yeah. cotton, wow. and we were like, what? And he was like, John Maxwell is a god, lowercase g, <laughs> because we believe in Christian Christianity, yes. and there's only one god. Only one capital. But I was like, yeah, John Maxwell is brilliant, and I love his books. Yeah. He is a dude. Yeah. But at the, at the end of the day. And he would tell you that, too. And he would tell you that, because yeah. that's his personality. That's right. But, guys... I'm not joking when I say this. It was an hour, and the guy asking the Q&A gets up, and he was like, and I, I'm the MC, and I go, and now I present to you, blah, blah, blah. I say this guy's name, and John Maxwell, the panel Q&A, 1,500 students clap. The guy just goes, <laughs> and starts crying, and he's just like, John, I just, I just want to say you are a father to me and you can tell john maxwell is caught off guard i'm sure i am watching from the side and i'm like oh, oh no. no is this guy gonna have a breakdown oh, sure no. enough it happens oh great and he was like i'm gonna get to the questions but you <laughs> you are my and he, he accidentally said, he goes, I think about you when I sleep. Oh, my god! I think about you when I wake up. Oh, my gosh. And um, I've wow. memorized this book, this book. Oh, wow. And John Maxwell handled it great. I'm sure he But did. it was 25 minutes. <gasps> oh. I looked at my cell phone, and I was like, oh, this has gone on for 25 minutes. <laughs> so I go up to the sound booth. Yeah. Those of you who understand what behind the scenes is, if yeah. you work in live production, I went to the sound booth, and I got to the sound guy, and I was like, there's a confidence, there's a confidence monitor, yeah. which faces the stage, and it's like a countdown clock, and I go, yeah. put on there, start questions. Mm -hmm. And so we typed in start mm -hmm. questions, mm -hmm. and I go, now flash it. Mm -hmm. Now turn it to red. Now turn it to white. Yeah. And I was like, start changing colors. Turn it to rainbow. Start an ambulance <laughs> siren. Whatever it takes yeah. to get this guy to start asking questions. Yeah. John Maxwell was very graceful. Yeah. He handled the dude. But for 25 oh, minutes, wow. he was just like, and, you know, you're you're my hero. <laughs> just looked at him. Didn't even, didn't even. And so the uh, all of the, there was 1,500 students in the room, and they were like oh, just along for the ride. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. at least it was rewarding for him. That's true. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe he's embarrassed. 
Maybe, maybe not. Yeah. He went for 25 minutes. That's a long. Do you think today, when that guy thinks about that, that he gets embarrassed? I don't know. Okay. Let's call him in. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> we call him in on the show. I go, remember that one time when you were a fool? Yeah. No, I would never say that. No. He wasn't a fool. He actually just very It's a impacted. human moment. Yeah. It's a human moment. Um, That's fair. Yes. And I've had many embarrassing human moments. As have with, I. Yeah. So yeah. no judgment, but sure. I just remember that. That's so funny. Okay. So now we're jumping into, this is behind the scenes of our Best Days podcast. And here at Victory, we are very grateful to serve our pastors. Pastor Paul, Pastor Ashley. And um, at the beginning of each chapel and each church service, we yeah. do a... We all do a confession together. It's pretty yeah. awesome. It's yeah. like like a rah-rah chant. And yeah. in this Victory Confession, we say... Our best days are right in front of us. And so at Victory, we produce a lot of, you know, there, we have two worship albums that we're working on. We are working on a current fall film that we're going to start so filming and then release it. in October of 2022. Awesome. And then Christmas is coming in 2022. Yeah. yeah. Simultaneously working on Easter, Easter and that music for 2023. Yeah. And, and then you have services each weekend. There's Tulsa Dream Center stuff. We have a conference in, a in January. Victory College. There's consistent yeah. production where we're having to output a lot. Big time. Big time. And so people on the outside would say, wow, they may be in their best days. But we are here to talk about behind the scenes. Every church. You could be a church that doesn't have all those entities. I have a buddy who lives up north. He is the young adults, youth pastor, and children's pastor of one church. Okay. So zero to 30, he's, he's handling Over everything. It. Yeah. And it's while it's... Uh, Actually, one I admire those individuals. Absolutely. Because they have the, to do everything. Everything. And so everything. there are probably people who... And I've t spoken with people who listen to our podcast who are in that position in their respective churches. There's a behind the scenes there as well. Oh, and 100%. So, uh, I think it's easy to look at something in the future and go, oh, I think that's uh, it's going to feel like that if I did that, if it was a big enough church, if it was whatever. But the reality is, it's the same human soul operating in either context. So it's uh, so it's the same human soul same operating energy. a Porsche than it is operating, you know, like a SUV. Yeah, absolutely. The, the pet, no matter how big the vehicle or whatever. So the keys from each uh, example are all important. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. So we were kind of talking about this uh, relationship. We're going to talk about two things today. Yeah. First thing, we're going into a little bit of relationship dynamics, but the number one relationship you have to have is with yourself. And so I'm going to say the statement, mm -hmm. you, if you do not know how to be single, you will not know how to be married. Absolutely. Married is, it, you know, in the American culture, it is our best days, quote unquote. Right, right, right. But behind the scenes yeah. of your best days is... If you are not happy single, mm -hmm. then you won't be happy married. I believe that. You want to unpack that a little bit? Okay. Open so, Unzip that one. And okay. So, yeah, we were talking about this. Lay the clothes out there. Unpack it. And so I'm in a season of singleness. Yeah. And I have my kids on the weekend, yeah. um, you know, three or four days yeah. out of the weekend. And I genuinely love it. I'm very grateful for it. Yeah. And there was times where I would hate the moments of me being alone. So I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. I, I want to fill this time. Right. So that... I don't have to feel alone. Yeah. And then it became like a superpower. Right. Exactly. And I was like, oh my goodness. Mm. Now, when I say it became, that took two and a half to three years sure. to it became. Absolutely. Um, it wasn't an overnight. It mm -hmm. wasn't a month. I'm still figuring it out. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it was like a thing to where I was, 
now today, I'm like, man, I'm so grateful that I have alone mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I, it, 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 it wasn't always like that. I'm sure. 37 years old and mm-hmm. I'm just now figuring it out. Yeah. I course. wish I would have learned this whenever I was 17 sure. um, or 25 sure. or whatever. Sure, sure. Um, but during that time, I'm able to like really reflect and yeah. investigate, you know, in my interactions throughout the day. Absolutely. So I put on my best days in in yeah. allegory speaking. So sure. I put on clothes, gratefully. Yes. Um, <laughs> I go to work. Yeah. And people see who John is. Yeah. And there are some situations where you have to flip a switch. Yeah. If you are someone that you were like, oh, I'm the charismatic person in my group of friends, uh-huh. or I'm a worship hat, or I'm a pastor, or I'm someone who has, or I'm a department head. Yeah. You have to be on. Right. And I'm doing the quote on right. my fingers. You have to be on in right. front of people. Sure. And you have to say things of, if you're walking through the lobby, hey, can you help me with this? You're ministering to people, you're mm-hmm. giving out. Yeah. You're doing, you're actually. You're you're pouring out a lot. Right. You are a container and you don't have an endless amount of care. Sure. You don't even have an endless amount or bottomless amount of um, emotional energy. Right. And so you don't realize that every time you turn on or every time you are there to give to people. Yeah. That it is depleting Mm -hmm. from you. Totally. And so the only time to really, if you know how to steward your alone time well, Mm -hmm. that is where it helps fill that tank. Does that make big sense? Time, big time. Yeah. So you say the it. phrasing you use that's really important is stewarding your alone time, meaning that uh, it's not just yours. If you're a person of God and you want to like know God, then your time is something God's given you. It's a gift. You can't get more of it, <sighs> and uh, you can definitely waste it's very it. Very kung fu panda. Big time. But there's a reason it is. It's yeah. Because it applies. Uh, it's ubiquitous. It applies everywhere. And um, in singleness in particular or in a married life, I, I think in, uh, in, the, in terms of there were uh, idols I had made out of marriage during my time being single that I'm now paying for as a married person, as a happily married person. Um, and it's not c- conducive or it's not uh, dependent on who you marry. It's the fact that, oh, now I'm at the place I thought I was supposed to be at. And there were habits I should have established during my time of singleness that would have been so much easier to build off of uh, now that I'm married. And then there were other things I did well because I had really good counsel of people all around me that uh, yourself included, who helped me (laughs) to understand how to steward my emotional energy uh, well enough so that now those things are, it seems like they're paying me dividends now that I am married. So you said something before we started this podcast, you're like, there are some things within relationships that pay you yeah and then there are some things that you pay for right exactly so break that down when it comes to single married taken complicated for sure okay so here's an example when when i was in my single season i love that terminology that people use um (laughs) i i i had made an idol out of the married version of arvin I thought that was the guy who had stuff figured out. That was the guy who was in the best shape of his life. And so it enabled me to uh, comfortably or more so numbingly uh, ignore certain growth processes because I thought, oh, married Arvin does that. 
Mm. And so it was uh, now it's easier to unpack in retrospect. And I'm not trying to be too complicated, but basically you can make an idol out of not only who your spouse might be someday, but who you'll be. You'll have permission to be that day. That's when oh, I'll have to have my, my finances together. I'll pay attention to finances. Yeah. And it's like you should probably pay attention to your finances now. now. You should probably pay attention to in my case, it was like physical fitness or my sleep schedule or patterns like that. So I uh, shortly after getting married and it's still shortly after I've only been married, not even two years. So it's been 10 minutes in married years. <laughs> um, but very quickly I realized, oh, wow, my sleep habits, are, I'm, I'm going to have to pay for that. So when you were single, it was like, oh, I could go to bed at 2 a.m. I could four. game. I could mm. watch Netflix sure. or Amazon Prime if you guys are against Netflix. Sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> or Peacock or, or Pure Flix. Pure Flix. Oh. Or uh, whatever, yeah, whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. I can okay. watch anything. Yeah. Uh, and it's yeah. like, oh, okay, yeah. now that you're married, yeah. you actually, it puts more stress on you. Right. J not stress. Yeah. I would say wait and i'm not saying that your spouse is heavy no <laughs> <laughs> lord help us no what i'm saying is it puts more weight on you yeah and it tests the structure that you built when you were single totally it puts more because now you're adding another human being right and it affects them so the example here is like i have a firm commitment that six or seven days out of the week i'm gonna go to the gym and so if i don't go to bed on time and go to the gym in the morning at four or five when I'm supposed to, I get up right before I'm gonna come here because I'm not gonna be late coming here, God willing, and then I do the work day and then I'm texting my wife saying, hey, it's 6 p.m., I'm headed to the gym, I'll be home by eight. So that's two hours of solitude that I was gonna have with her where we were gonna have dinner together. It's happened several times already where I've had to pause and be like, wow, I, I and then I can't, if she's like, man, uh, okay, well, I'm going right. to bed at nine. Yeah, like I'm still going to eat dinner. I need to like live my life too. And then I recognize that it's it's not, if I was uh, unwise, I would blame her for me not going to the gym. Or I would resent Ooh. her and say, well, I should go. My health matters. And it's like, well, Arvin, did you have to watch every episode of Succession last night before you went to bed? Did you have to do all that? And it's like, now going back to what you said about stewarding emotional energy well, Maybe after that happens three, four, five times, and hopefully no more than that, uh, I should sit back and go, what is it about 9 p.m. Arvin that needs to watch four hours of TV? What emotional energy? What's going on there? What am I stewarding or not stewarding well enough in order to do that? So that was a place where I had to pay for it. There were other places that paid me. For example, um, when I was 16, I was really curious about who I was going to marry, and I was like, I'm going to steward my single time correctly. I probably didn't phrase it that wow. way, but what I did that I'm really proud of, that I wish more people would do, um, not in a like overly romantic walk to remember way, but more like for my own accountability. I think I've shared it on the podcast before, but when I was 16, I was like, I want the person that I marry someday to know who I am right now. So I'm going to write letters to her. And so I bought a journal and I started writing letters to now her name is Daniela. At the time, I didn't know what her name was. And um, I would just write letters. Here's my life. Here's what I'm like. Here's where I'm at. And so I would spend a good maybe hour per week. Dude, that's a movie. It, it could very well be. And I'm sure it'll be letters a, a nice. Juliet. It'll be. A, yeah. Oh, is that really? No, oh, I'm, it could no be. I'm just saying. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know. No, it could be a movie yeah. like called that. Absolutely. So I did that for 
um, from 16 to 25, 26, 27. So 11 years, I filled up nine journals. They're still to this day, they're sitting uh, in my wife's closet at home and she reads them from time to time. It's so funny because the, the first one was just a 16 year old kid, just me being like, I love you so much. I'll, I, I, I care about you so much. Like what else was I gonna say? I yeah. didn't know what else to say. But over time there were, I mean, realistically, and I know Daniela would be super comfortable with me sharing this. There were times where I thought I knew who she would be. And there were seasons in college. And you would write them in the words. I would write there. I'd go, I think your name is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She knows about all of that stuff. That's pretty cool. So it's fascinating to look back on. And the, the reason I bring it up is because it kept me accountable in a way that I don't know how else God would have done it. The way God held me accountable to my future commitment to my spouse was a great example. Um, a couple of years before I met Daniela, um, I met somebody and they had different convictions about purity than I did. And that is a young lady. God bless her. She's great. I have nothing uh, bad to say about her, but her experience in dating was so different mm-hmm. and her background was so different that she thought we should have sex. Yeah. And I remember um, being like, oh, no, I'm not going to I'm not going to do that. And she laughed at it. It was she was like, I've never had a guy say no before. That's fascinating. And the reason that I said no was I knew that I'd, I'd have to go home after that and I would have to tell my wife, it. you'd have to write I'd have to tell wife. my future wife, knowing my, my at the time, this is years ago before I was on staff at Victory. Not that being on staff here makes you perfect, but it was a long time ago that uh, in my younger 20s, I made the mistake of associating myself with that stream of and it wouldn't have worked long term. If yeah. I had stuck around in that situation, I don't think I would have consistently said no. It would have been a difficult uh, thing to do. So eventually I realized I need to get out of this uh, and do it amicably. But anyways, the, the fact that I knew I have to go tell my wife about this later mm. if I do go through with this, it held me accountable. And so nowadays, uh, as I'm stepping into marriage, it's only been a couple of years, like I said, it is paying me dividends because now I have this ingrained sense of accountability that I don't project onto Daniela, my wife. I think about it. it. That's just the type of person I am now. Yeah. And so she benefits from it. I benefit from it. And then because she benefits from it, then that benefit is multiplied. Lisa Bevere's talked about that before where, um, Mankind was given dominion and multiplication. And yeah. if it goes wrong, it turns into domination and manipulation. So that's a lot of Asians. But the point being, that's powerful. Uh, I'm, I'm being paid dividends because of wise choices I made in my 16 to 27, 28 year old years of singleness. Man. Yeah. And then once you this is this is also an encouragement. Thank sure. you for sharing. Of that. course. Yeah, that was really beautiful. Absolutely. I need to start writing letters. <laughs> yeah, you could. You very you know? well could. Be um, so, uh, but one thing is, is that with, if you are married, yeah. there are, you know, there's this saying that says women marry men expecting them not to change or expecting them to change sure. and they don't. Right. Men marry women expecting them not to change and, and they, they do, do. <laughs> yeah and i and you know and i never forgot that yeah because you know th- i think women and i this is a dumb male thing to say mm-hmm. but you know they are introspective mm-hmm. 
And so if they maybe had a dream or a passion mm -hmm. or a desire mm -hmm. and they put it on the shelf at maybe, you know, uh, whenever they got married, sure. expect for, you know, the postpartum, maybe after having kids mm -hmm. or, mm, or maybe while they're having kids to be like, you know what, I want to start my own business. Again. Yeah. Yeah. And when the husband is like, Oh, you don't want to do that. Da, da, mm. da, you are not, it is one of those things that it is, she cannot have a funeral for her dreams. Mm, wow. Yeah. And knowing that like those dreams may resurface again. Wow. And just knowing that and being aware of that, that mm -hmm. like you are still two individuals, even though you are joined as one Absolutely. in a miraculous union of a covenant under God with Absolutely. marriage yeah. is that ladies, what they may have a fresh fire, mm -hmm. you know, that comes yeah. up and it's like, men it's unique because it's kind of like a midlife crisis mm -hmm, for them because mm -hmm. they're like oh my goodness yeah i've been working at a desk job for mm -hmm. 20 years yeah and i need to go dye my hair black get a porsche and a blonde girlfriend <laughs> yeah. who's 22 you know yeah, whatever sure i know that's a very dated saying i just but you can insert your version of yeah yeah, yeah you i can understand insert your version of that yeah um me talking as i have blonde <laughs> hair <laughs> me I'm in, not gonna me in midst midlife crisis doing a season four podcast. You say that in the Porsche. <laughs> yeah, I start it. You go, Is that the, the camera are zooms you in, in outside to see? Oh, yours. that's funny. That's funny. Okay. Keep going. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. But I, I think that just as long as men knowing that it's never too late to reinvent yourself, then it then it doesn't have to be a midlife crisis. Mm -hmm. It can just be like, you know what? Mm -hmm. I'm ready for the next version of me. The right. beautiful thing is that God created us to consistently evolve. Yeah. So you're like, hey, this is what we do in our marriage, and it's been 10 years. Yeah. If things start to change, observe it. Mm -hmm. You don't have to put a judgment on it. Right. One thing I learned, now this is a therapist thing, and my therapist, Love believer, Love but it. she was like, Whenever you get emotions, so I growing up, I used to think, oh, crying. Uh -huh. I subconsciously I would go, anger, bad emotion, hmm. crying, weak emotion, wow. and I would label sure. emotions. Sure. A therapist was talking about there's no such thing as a bad emotion. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You don't label them because yeah. when you put a judgment on it, right, then it actually changes you. Yeah. And you stuff things that yeah. you don't want to feel. Right. To where it's the same thing whenever if you are married, you've been married for a long time and maybe God is speaking to you or yeah. or maybe you're wanting to do something new and something fresh. Yeah. You know, if you've labeled it as, oh, no, 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 I couldn't do that. Right. All you're doing is it is it is growing on the inside of you. Yeah. And so learning to, how to observe it and mm -hmm. not look at it as a dumb thing right. or and then specifically not saying it is a silly idea mm -hmm. if a spouse brings something up. Mm. You know what I'm Absolutely. saying? Absolutely. Not Absolutely. And I know that you who are listening or or watching would never do that. <laughs> but yeah you know what i'm saying no i absolutely um not writing something off right. if a spouse says something that's yeah. a little unique a little different but it's risky right and because it may be something that you know allowing them a chance to evolve as an individual absolutely you know it kind of helps uh yeah i i believe that whenever you encourage that whether they fail or they not or they don't mm -hmm. i feel like it does increase intimacy i agree absolutely. um yeah. So anyways, yeah. so that was what we were taught. That Okay, th that's what we have to say about that. That's right. <laughs> All right. So now 
Yeah. We are everyone. I want you to jump tracks with us. Ready? Yeah. Jump tracks. Yeah, your segue. Boom. Okay. Segway. Mm. There's no, there's zero segue sentence for this, but with us working in production, yeah, we like to call this. There is something that we are in the middle of as we are producing the script and we are doing stories and films and yeah. productions. Yeah. We like to re we like to leave room in our budget and mm -hmm. our prepping and yeah. our planning. We call it margin for miracle. Yeah. Or margin for mayhem. Yeah. And margin for miracle is, you know, for instance, this is an example. Whenever our victory reach, which is our missions department, yeah. when they go on a missions trip, uh-huh. They have a budget for the whole trip, feeding the kids, mm -hmm. hotel room costs, right. bus costs. They have free day. Everything to the dime is planned out. And then they have a uh, then they have a fund and it is a emergency fund. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it is basically a if mayhem was to ensue. Right. Go to this fund. Right. Well, you can also leave that when you are creating or writing. Yeah. To where, let's say you're writing a book or a script. For us, mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you our what we do. Sure. So we start writing a script. Yeah. Leaving margin for a miracle. Lar right. Margin for something to go, oh, this mm -hmm. is a, a brilliant idea. We have to insert it. Yeah. But it's a week before the film or mm -hmm. it's a week before the production. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But leaving that margin for it and not being turned off. Yeah. Initially there were personalities involved in, in the creative process of what we did. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of like, no, we have a plan. Right. We're sticking to it. Sure. But sometimes the plan could be better. Absolutely. Everybody repeat after me. The plan. The plan. Could be. Could be. Better. Better. And so at the last minute, if you feel like, oh, I don't want to change anything because it's going to cause a ripple effect sure. and everyone is going to be super ticked off. Sure, sure then you probably have not set aside margin for miracle. Right. Because what I see is a miracle. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be turning um, uh, loaves of fish, um, yeah. <laughs> loaves and fishes into yeah. bread. Yeah. Uh, or, or multiplying, multiplying it. it. Yeah. I totally messed up the no, Bible we know story. what you mean. But it doesn't have to be a large miracle. It could be a small miracle. Yeah. Um, so for us, we went to, and I don't, I, I don't know if we've said this on a podcast before, but we, we did an Easter production. Right. And it was like, oh, man. We need to get extra footage. We have a new Jesus, which right. sounds funny saying that, but we had a new individual playing the part of Jesus. Yeah. We needed B-roll footage. That's right. So it was kind of like, hey, I found one or two locations. We figured it out mm -hmm. to do, to send a small team to Utah. Mm -hmm. So we went to Utah, yeah. and we went to these two different locations, but it was like, well, how long should we go? We can go there and back, and we can get it in two days. And it was like, well, let's, gi let's give one more day. Yeah. Just in case, sure. Margin, margin for miracle. That's just right. in case if something happens, absolutely. Or margin for mayhem. We go and we're trying to film at a state park, and then we get xed. Mm -hmm. That would be margin for mayhem. <laughs> we're like, uh oh, we got to find a new spot. Yeah. And we only have 24 hours to find a new spot that we are legally allowed to film and sure. blah blah blah. So there's so there's two different sides. So we go, yeah. and we actually are going to this location that looked so cool on Pinterest. Mm -hmm. We go, <laughs> we can't find it. It is a very, it, it just wasn't good. Yeah. Um, and then on our way out, we see this drainage basin, and uh -huh. it had just rained. Yeah. And in this drainage basin, it is about two miles, and two miles, and the water is about, ab about four inches deep for two miles yeah 
and it drains perfectly up right. to um, the base of a mountain. Yeah. And it had just rained yeah. and it looked like yeah. glass. Yeah. And we pulled over and we go, oh my goodness. Yeah. This is insane. Yeah. It was golden hour. Yeah. We perfect. go, Jesus, get out of the van. <laughs> the guy who played Jesus. Yeah. Joseph, super cool guy. Yeah. So really we were like, cool. Jesus, get out of the van now. Yeah. And I was, and we were like, we want you just to step in this water. And yeah. he's like, oh my goodness, it's cold because it was like melted snow. And he starts walking and we go, oh, stop, 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 yeah. stop. Yeah. Spencer, our, our, our cinematographer, cinematographer, go get that camera right now. Yeah. Get the drone. Get the, we started being, I started being a, a little bit crazy <laughs> because it was so beautiful. It, was, it looked yeah. as if he was walking on water. It was amazing. It so, was insane. It was one of those things that wasn't planned. Yeah. But it was like, oh man, but we within and it was one of those things that even though it wasn't planned, the margin was planned. Absolutely. Exactly. And it was like, wait, and and literally in it, um, our there was someone on our trip who said, This is not in the script. Mm-hmm. And my and, and our response was, It doesn't we will we will find a way to get this in the script. Yeah. And we did a montage right. of um, basically a coming of age of yeah. Jesus from the wilderness to right. when the Holy Spirit spoke to him. So yeah. the final product looked insane and it was beautiful right. and it looked like it was planned yeah. when in reality it wasn't. Right. We went to a location and it didn't work out. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, a miracle. I like to call it a miracle. Yeah. Um, you know, because I feel like it makes life more beautiful yeah. if I call it a miracle. Because right. I'm like, God did that for us. That's right. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Taking ownership of it. Yeah. And even small things where it's like, mm-hmm. you know, you're walking in a parking lot. You see a quarter on the ground. You go, look at God. <laughs> Margin for miracle, baby. Yeah. I wasn't even going to walk in this parking lot <laughs> and look at God blessing my finances. Yeah, yeah. Even taking those small things. I think that's kind of. Oh, that's kind of zany, but you know what I'm saying? And so in that, it was like, we were able to get this shot and most people were like, Hey, how did you guys green screen that? And I go, it wasn't green screen. It was a point and shoot. Hardly even edited. It was literally like, yeah, we didn't even really edit it. There wasn't much color grading or anything. There wasn't anything. It was like, uh, that was just nature. That was God's thing. Yeah. And we just happened to be there and they go, where is that place? And I said, well, it's here. And then they Google imaged it. They go, it's not on the map. And I go, oh, it rained the day before. Yeah. And it was only there for two days. That's crazy. And it so it's wild. So things yeah. like that. Yeah. Leaving margin for miracle. And, you know, obviously the, the question was, well, it's not in the script. Find a way to get it in yeah. there. Whatever makes the story richer. Absolutely. You know, some of the best documentaries is we have a plan for a documentary. Sure. And they start shooting a documentary. And then all of a sudden something bonkers happens and they go this needs to be in the documentary because this is a plot twist right and they go yeah but that's not that's not what we're shooting about they go it doesn't matter yeah people will watch this yeah exactly and so if you are creating art and i know this is maybe difficult if you're a songwriter or whatever but well no maybe it isn't Mm -hmm. but like wherever you're at leaving margin for miracle Mm -hmm. or even margin for mayhem for Mm -hmm. us you know, we're doing a conference. We moved Victory Conference yeah. from August to January, That's which right. is the first time in 40 in, something years. Yeah. In 40 years, yeah. we moved the conference. And it was literally Paul and Ashley were like, we feel like our team needs a break. Yeah. Which margin. is 
yeah, it was margin. And everyone goes, well, wait, we can't because we always do conference in August. Sure. And, and that's how we get people into our Bible college. That's how we get people into our school. Mm-hmm. And Pastor Paul and Pastor Ashley are like, okay, well, let's amp up our marketing. Mm-hmm. Like our school and our college should not hinge yeah, on a depend conference. on a conference. That's right. And it's like, we're not going to do it. Yeah. And it's like, and it's not because we're lazy. It's not because mm-hmm. of scheduling conflicts. It's literally because it was like, we're going to give ourselves margin. Yeah. Because we believe we're going to, like God is doing something. Yeah. There are some ministers that plan out sermon series and sure. then they're like, okay, Great. November is over. So let's stop talking about thankfulness. Mm-hmm. And it's time to talk about the birth of Christ mm-hmm. because it's December. Sure. Because that's how sermon series are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pastor Paul started a sermon series called the book of acts. Yeah. And it was literally the week after Easter mm-hmm. and three weeks in, he goes, um, yeah, we're just going to keep doing this until it's done. Yeah. And people are like, okay, well, do we need to do new, um, sermon series, graphic arts? Do we need to do, and he goes, no, we're, we're doing the book of acts. Like, yeah. okay. But you know, the weekend service, do we want to switch it up? Maybe hit on relationships in the yeah. summer. Yeah. And it was literally the guiding of the Holy spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, whether you believe in the Holy spirit or not, mm-hmm. like we do. Yeah. And, yeah. um, and so you're like, well, that's not really a great way to plan. Here's the thing we plan, but the plan is not the law. That's right. And I think that if you are working in a creative department or whatever, have a detailed plan, whether it's for a lobby setup, whether it's for planning center and you're Mm -hmm. entering everything in, but leaving margin for miracle, for God to do something in the planning center, victory worship, the Mm -hmm. worship team. And I'm not saying you have to do this. So when I'm saying this, you need to ask, if you're from another church, you should ask your pastor. Yeah. But in planning center, it goes song one the title song two the title mm-hmm. as we're planning for a weekend service and then it literally has a block mm-hmm. and it says flow time yeah and then it ends with a song and then a bridge yeah. song three and song four that flow time mm-hmm. it is margin mm-hmm. to where it's yeah. like okay if god wants to do something great but if not now i know that that takes trust mm-hmm. but that has been built over time but I just think it is a beautiful thing when you give margin for the miracles absolutely. of God. Absolutely. No, absolutely. Because what it really boils down to, what we're talking about, is the difference between uh, God's control and ours. And I think... Ooh, that's good. I, I, uh, I've done both mistakes. I've made... There's two possible mistakes, which one is um, I'm going to be in complete control. And that's the person who would not leave margin. And they're thinking of the idealistic best possible ending and they do not plan for any interruption they do not add any margin that's the person who says i'm gonna do everything i have to do i'm gonna do all of it and then i'll tell god what i want him to do and then there's the person who when that falls apart because it inevitably does reality doesn't pause and so when stuff falls apart they go fine you know and i've made this mistake in my early 20s where i was like all right so god's in control so i'm gonna do nothing and I will sit back and do nothing. Mm. One mistake is saying, I'm going to build the ark and I'm going to flood the world. If you remember Noah. Yeah. And I'm going to do everything. I'm going to figure out how to flood the whole world. Yeah, this is good. You've said this. <laughs> the, yeah. the, the other mistake is I'm not going to build the ark. God, God told me to build one. Well, I'm going to entrust it to God. So the reality is it is a partnership where God says, this is what I'm asking you to do. This is what I will do. Mm. I will do it at the right time. 
And so I, I won't get long-winded and preachy about this, but but the thing that has driven me the last several years is the understanding that um, I need to show up and figure out what tree do I cut down today? What piece of wood do I sand today? As you're building the ark. I'm building an ark, meaning I'm creating a container that God can then move. What's interesting is God gives Noah uh, specific instructions, including instructions to build a door that is too big for Noah to move. So That's Noah, good. he has to make a decision as he's building it. Like, am I going to manipulate the animals that I have to try and use their strength to shut the door? Or am I going to wait on God at the proper time? Once it's built, it's still not a boat because the door's not shut. If it rains and floods, then it's just an open floor plan for it's a, it's a casket really. Yeah. So God moves his hand on it and shuts it. And then Noah can be elevated with his family safely. So I say all that to say there is a, balance a uh, an ebb and flow between us and the Holy Spirit, whether it's a creative uh, element, whether you're on a church staff, or if you're a mom planning the week for your kids, planning for margin to have for miracles or mayhem, and often they are the same thing. It's miracles it's, and mayhem are yeah, the same sometimes thing. Sometimes it's mayhem blown. at first and then the miracle happens. In fact, you could probably say you can't really call it a miracle unless there was mayhem first. And That's so true. Noah is the great example because he's like, I'll show up. I'll do my part. I will not manipulate what God's entrusted me to take care of to try and make the whole thing happen. Yeah. And then when you get to that place and you realize the whole point of that is God saying, I don't want to wait for you to figure out how to control the whole world to then feel like you are worthy of being close to me. I want to do this process with you. Mm. Like I will come in and do the portions of it that you can't do. And then I will instruct you on how to, you know, that one scripture from David in Psalm 23, where it says he makes me lie down in green pastures. The, the fact that he had to be Those forced you who to are do listening it. Say Lord, make me Lord, make me exactly. So it's like, I am fascinated, especially in the last six months, with the whole concept of reality, because it does not change no matter what you say, no matter what you believe, no matter what you do. Reality is reality. It's not transferable. So that being said, planning for planning with margin for mayhem and miracles uh, is having a nuanced understanding of the sovereignty of God, that the whole thing is under his control. But mm. my love for God motivates me to do the things that he's entrusted to me temporarily. Like that parable of the talents where he gives them several coins and the guy with two has to turn two into four. There's a task to be done. The whole kingdom's not dependent on it. And this is where uh, it gets tricky for a lot of millennials and, and Gen Z people is that if I don't turn two into four, does the kingdom fall apart? You have a personal failure that you didn't plan for mar with margin for either mayhem or miracles. So that's where the whole deconstruction thing happens. And it's like, oh, you mean when people deconstruct? I'm God. saying, yeah, there's a chance that like it happened for me. It was an opportunity in my early 20s when I thought, OK, if I'm not allowed to completely be in control of everything, then I'll sit back and wait for God to do everything. And when he didn't do everything, I thought, oh, maybe there is no God. It was that arrogant of me to be like my personal failure is indicative of like there is no kingdom whatsoever. Mm. But the whole anyways, I don't want to get verbose and, and say all these different biblical examples. The point I'm trying to make is the intention of God is that we would operate with an awareness of his sovereignty and his call of That's what really we're supposed good. to accomplish, because the miracle is probably on the other side of mayhem.
the miracles on the other side of mayhem. Yeah. I love that. And one more thing that you were talking about whenever Noah built the ark, mm -hmm. you've said this before is yeah. that Noah didn't go get the animals. Exactly. God brought them. They brought them. Exactly. And it's like sometimes in our, yeah. in our world as creatives, those yeah. of you who are listening, you know, God gives you an idea yeah. and you're like, Oh my gosh, I have a story. Mm. And I wrote the story. Yeah. So now I, I'm going to go get it funded and sure. I'm going to make it a movie and sure. I need someone to finance it. And, and it's like, well, did God tell you to do that? Or did God tell you to, to write the story? Sure. Exactly. Absolutely. And then it's like, just do what God told you to do. Right. And then let the God work mm -hmm. be done by God. Exactly. You know, because then it's like, man, it was so difficult getting the elephants in the ark. <laughs> and God's like, Noah, why are you yeah. chasing elephants? Yeah. Like I was yeah. going to bring them in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyways. No, man, it's real. That is beautiful. Yeah. Well, anyways, we hope that today um, you were okay with uh, a popcorn thing. Yeah. Hit on relationships a little bit. Yeah. And then we hit on this. Margin. Yeah. So this is the last miracle story is that last night um, I was with our, our producer. His name is Caleb Taranzo. Yes. And we were filming a shoot in the middle of a field. <laughs> now, I just got a puppy for my daughter's birthday. It's a mutt, um, uh, a miracle mutt. Yeah. Actually, there's nothing. Well, there is something miraculous. Sure. About it. It's a um, <laughs> anyways. So very cute dog. My daughter named him Junior. Yeah. Uh, so Junior was with me because he has dug five holes in my backyard and I have met all of my neighbors. I did a bad job of not meeting them before. And because on his tag, it has my cell number. That's so good. And so yeah. people go, Hey, uh, I have your dog. I live at blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And I drive over there and they go, Oh, well, hi, I'm so-and-so and go, hi, I'm yeah. John. And they go, so wh where, where are you guys? And I'm like, I'm actually in that house right there. And they go, did you just move in? I go, no, I've been there for two years. <laughs> And it just shows that I'm a really bad neighbor. Oh. Um, I'm just up here a lot. You're a neutral neighbor. You're not bad. Yeah, you're yeah, bad yeah. if you're messing up their house. That's true. Yeah. yeah. And I go, I was the guy that egged your home. <laughs> um, I'm kidding. <laughs> so Junior has definitely helped me get out of my box. Um, so last night we we're doing this shoot yeah. and we utilize fireworks within this film shoot. And Junior jumps out of the back of my truck and takes off to the woods. Oh. Now, this is like 945 at night. Yikes. And all the people are like, oh, man, after the shoot, they were like, your dog just jumped and ran off. Well, then everyone felt bad. So all these people started looking for my dog. There was a four-wheeler driving through the woods. <laughs> Me, uh, my truck, another person's truck, oh, our gosh. friend Dom. There was cars. They went to all the neighbors, yeah. gave the neighbors their numbers, um, showed them the picture, yeah. and then put it on a neighborhood watch Facebook of like, this is the puppy and da da, -da, -da. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Puppy. So the guy's land we were using, he goes, hey, so goats, chickens, and dogs have actually been eaten out here because of coyotes and bobcats. Yikes. So your puppy is dead. He said that to <laughs> he me. He was trying to be kind and break the news. Yeah. You know how certain people just have zero... <laughs> What do you call that? Uh, I don't even know. He yeah. was he was direct. Yes. Yeah. He smiled, too. He goes, yeah, yeah. your puppy's probably dead. Your puppy's and dead. And then smiled. And I go, okay, well, I'm going to continue looking. All these people are looking. Yeah. After an hour, I felt bad. And I was like, okay, everyone, it's, it's okay. Night, Just yeah. go home. And so I was like, angels, I send you out. Yeah, because I I grew up. Have you guys ever sent out angels? Who else? Yeah, that's sent a whole out concept. Yeah. That's a whole concept. Yeah. That you grew up. If you grew up 
in a church. I'm yeah. a PK. Yeah. And my parents taught me how to send out my angels. And yeah. I, was like, I send out my angel. Yeah. Arvin's angel. That's right. I'm going to need to borrow. Uh, Two can put 10,000 to fly. Two can put 10,000. <laughs> I'm also going to need a hedge. Yeah. Yeah. A hedge of protection around my puppy. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, sent out my angels. Yeah. And I was like, you guys do God's work. Yeah. Um, because I have to be up at the church early in the morning. Yeah. So I, I went out and then that next morning, this morning, actually, as we're recording this, um, I woke up and someone had texted me. They go, hey, I heard that your dog ran away. You should go put your articles of clothing where he um, disappeared because dogs can smell Incredible. their owner Such good from like a mile. And I was like, oh, I no OK, idea. so I drive out to this country road <laughs> and I have a laundry basket and I'm tossing clothes <laughs> out the window. In this field, <laughs> and someone is watering their yard, and they go, "What are you doing?" And I go, "Getting dogs, <laughs> <laughs> just throwing clothes out my window." Yeah. And then I drove around, whistled, clapped, Junior. Yeah. Didn't come. I had to, you know, hurry up to work. I'm sitting at work, and at 10:30 a.m., this lady calls me, and she's like hi and i go uh, hello who is this and she goes we have your puppy mm -hmm. and i was like oh, um oh my goodness yeah and she goes yeah we were walking a dog and he ran out of the woods and started licking us and was just so lovely oh. and he was just a ball of joy yeah so um yeah we walked him all the way back to our house wow. and we're here this is our address and I look, and it was literally two miles away. Junior went two miles. Junior, my puppy went two miles away to the next town over. And so me and Arvin drive out to the town. We get my puppy, and he's just like smiling, completely licking. Fine. Yeah, completely fine. Yeah. And I was like, look at God. Right. Margin for miracles. Absolutely. So anyways, I know that has nothing to do with anything. It's a great but story, I'm just, though. It is a good story. It's a and good you guys, story. you guys yeah. should value that. Yeah. Um, but I just think... If I, if I, if it was me, if I was a pessimist, I was like, okay, I need to go tell my kids mm. that their puppy was eaten by a bobcat. Yikes! Yeah, and just get it over with, and mm. let's just own up to it. Yeah. But I was like, I'm still gonna hold on because I believe. Yeah. The angels are gonna bring my dog back, and I believe it's a miracle. I don't think that is. I, I'm one of those people that I'm like, I don't believe in uh, coincidence. I don't believe sure. in that stuff. I'm like, that was a miracle. Yeah. And so anyways, it's always good to look at those things like that. Like, and sometimes what Arvin said, sometimes you need the mayhem. Yeah. Before the miracle. Before the miracle. Totally. Anyways. Hey, yeah. thank you guys for Appreciate listening it. to this sporadic podcast. We love, we love you guys. We'll see you next later. time. Um, no, I should probably the clothes go out, are still there. out there. The clothes are still <laughs> out there. And okay. Now, now we're over. Okay. Bye. <laughs>